Today is the sixth day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian, and it is great to be here with you. And this is kind of a time where I'm in two places at once. So I'm coming to you right this moment from the rolling hills of Tennessee when I am actually arriving in Israel and because of the time changes and all of the jostling around and the international travel and all that's associated with that sort of stuff I'm coming to you from the rolling hills of Tennessee and I will be with you from Israel tomorrow once we can get a little bit acclimated and a little bit set up for the excursion that we are about to go on together as a community. Tomorrow evening will be our first official gathering, our welcome dinner, where we finally all arrive all blurry-eyed and excited with adrenaline and exhausted from jet lag. And, and uh, we'll get to see each other for the first time. And so excited about that. I'm very much looking forward to touring the land of the Bible together in person and as a community virtually for the first time since since we all became familiar with a term called COVID. So it is good to be back in the land of the Bible and I look forward to all that we will see and experience together. But the reason that we have come together around the global campfire today is to do what we do together every day. Take the next step forward. And the next step forward leads us back into the book of Exodus. We are around Mount Sinai. God has come to meet with the people that has terrified the people. So much so that they've told Moses, like, look, you you go talk to God. God can't talk directly to us. We'll die. You talk to God and tell us what he says and then we'll obey you. And then God has begun to offer the instructions and statutes that will form this people together cohesively as a people. The terms under which they will live together and how they will behave toward one another. And we will notice that throughout all of this giving of the law, that we will see that although there are very practical things going on, everything that's being instituted into this culture is aiming them back to God. And it's aiming them back to who they are and where they've come from and who rescued them, who God is. And so we pick up the story there. Exodus chapter 23, verse 14 through 25, verse 40 today. Three times a year, you shall observe pilgrimage festivals for me. You shall observe the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days you shall eat bread without yeast, as I commanded you. At the appointed time in the month of Abib, for that month you came out from Egypt. 
No one is to appear before me empty-handed. Next, observe the festival of reaping by presenting the first ripe produce of your labors, which you sow in the field. Finally, observe the festival of ingathering at the end of the year when you pick the fruits of your labors from the fields. Three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord God. You shall not offer any bread made with yeast together with the blood of my sacrifices. None of the fat from my festival shall remain until morning. The very first produce from your soil you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a baby goat in its mother's milk. Look, I will send an angel before you to guard you on your way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Pay attention to him. Listen to his voice. Do not provoke him, because he will not pardon your disobedience, for my name is in him. But if you carefully listen to his voice and carry out all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. Yes, my angels shall go ahead of you and bring you into the territory of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Then I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods. Do not serve them or follow their practices, but you must completely overthrow them and demolish their sacred memorial stones. You shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from your midst. No one will miscarry or be childless in your land. I will grant you the full number of your days. I will send my terror before you, and I will spread confusion among all the people to whom you come, and I will make all your enemies turn their backs and flee from you. I will send a hornet ahead of you. It will drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from your presence. I will not drive them out from before you in a single year, or the land would become desolate, and the wild animals would become too numerous for you. As you advance, I will drive them out little by little until you have grown in number and taken possession of the land. I will establish your border from the Red Sea all the way to the Mediterranean Sea and from the wilderness to the river. So I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you will drive them out before you. You shall not make a treaty with them or with their gods. They are not to dwell in your land, or they will make you sin against me. Because if you serve their gods, this will surely be a trap for you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, along with Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship me from a distance. Only Moses is allowed to come near the Lord, but the others are not to come near, and the people are not to go up with him. 
Moses came and reported to the people all the words of the Lord and all the ordinances. Then all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has spoken we will do. Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He got up early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain. He set up twelve memorial stones for the twelve tribes of Israel. He sent young Israelite men who offered whole burnt offerings and sacrificed fellowship offerings of cattle to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in bowls, and he splashed half of the blood on the altar. He took the book of the covenant and read it out loud to the people, and they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. We will obey. Moses took the blood and splashed it on the people. He said, Look, here is the blood of the covenant, which the Lord made with you by means of all these words. Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel went up. They saw the God of Israel. Under his feet they saw what looked like a pavement of sapphire as clear as the sky. The Lord did not lay his hand on the dignitaries of the people of Israel. They gazed at God, and they ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain. Wait there, and I will give you the stone tablets with the law and the commandments that I have written, so that you can teach them. Moses set out with his assistant Joshua and went up onto the mountain of God. He said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Look, here are Aaron and Hur. They will be with you. Whoever is involved in a dispute can go to them. Moses went up onto the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered the mountain for six days. On the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses out of the middle of the cloud. The appearance of the glory of the Lord looked like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered into the middle of the cloud and climbed up the mountain. Moses was on the mountain forty days and forty nights. The Lord spoke to Moses. He said, Speak to the people of Israel so that they gather a special offering for me. From everyone whose heart makes him willing, you shall gather the offering for me. This is the offering which you are to gather from them. Gold, silver, and bronze, purple, blue, and scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hair, ram's skins dyed red, and hides of sea cows, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones, and stones to be mounted on the special vest and on the pouch. They are to make a sanctuary for me, so that I may dwell among them. You are to make it exactly according to the design for the dwelling 
and the designs for all of its furniture which I will show you. They shall make an ark of acacia wood. It is to be 45 inches long, 27 inches wide, and 27 inches high. Overlay it with pure gold. Overlay it on the inside and the outside and make a gold border around it. Cast four gold rings for it and place them next to its four feet. Two rings are for one side of it and two rings for the other side. Make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Put the poles which are used to carry the ark into the rings on the sides of the ark. The poles are to be placed into the rings on the ark. They are not to be removed from the rings. Put the testimony, which I am about to give you, into the ark. Make an atonement seat of pure gold, 45 inches long and 27 inches wide. Make two cherubim of hammered gold. You are to make them for the two ends of the atonement seat. Make one cherub for one end and one cherub for the other end. The cherubim on its two ends are to form one piece with the atonement seat. The cherubim will spread their wings upward so that they cover the atonement seat with their wings and they face each other. The faces of the cherubim are to be looking inward toward the atonement seat. Put the atonement seat on top of the ark and put the testimony which I will give to you into the ark. There I will meet with you. And from above the atonement seat, from between the two cherubim that are on the ark of the testimony, I will communicate to you all the commands that I will give to you for the people of Israel. You shall make a table of acacia wood, 36 inches long, 18 inches wide, and 27 inches high. Overlay it with pure gold and make a gold border around it. Make a three-inch rim around it. Make a gold border for its rim all the way around it. Make four gold rings for it and fasten the rings to the four corners above the four legs of the table. The rings shall be close to the border to hold the poles used to carry the table. Make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold so that the table can be carried with them you are to make its dishes, its small bowls, its pitchers, and its larger bowls to pour out offerings. Make them of pure gold. You are to set the bread of the presence on the table so that it is in front of me at all times. You shall make a lampstand of pure gold. The lampstand is to be made of hammered metal. Its pedestal its shaft, its cups, its buds, and its flowers are all to be formed as one piece with the lampstand. There are to be six branches going out from its two sides. Three branches of the lampstand are to go out from one side, and three branches of the lampstand are to go out from the other side. There are to be three cups, shaped like almond blossoms, with buds and flowers on the first branch, 
and three cups like almond blossoms with buds and flowers on the branch opposite it. All six branches going out from the lampstand are to be the same. On the lampstand itself, make four cups shaped like almond blossoms with buds and flowers. The bud under one pair of branches is to form one piece with the lampstand, and the bud under the second pair of branches is to form one piece with the lampstand, and the bud under the third pair of branches is to form one piece with the lampstand. The same for all six branches going out of the lampstand. Its buds and branches are to be made as one piece with it. All of it will be one hammered piece of pure gold. You shall make seven lamps for it. And these lamps shall be lit to give light to the area in front of the lampstand. Its wick trimmers and its pans are to be made of pure gold. It is to be made of 75 pounds of pure gold with all these accessories. See to it that you make them according to their design, which is being shown to you on the mountain. Matthew 24, 29-51 Immediately after the misery of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And at that time all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. He will send out His angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather together His elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Learn this lesson from the fig tree. When its branch has become tender and produces leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things, know that He is near, right at the doors. Amen, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows when that day and hour will be. Not the angels of heaven, not even the Son, but only the Father. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man returns. In fact, in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the very day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not realize what was coming until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be when the Son of Man returns. At that time, two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. So be alert because you do not know on what day your Lord is coming.
But understand this. If the master of the house had known at what time the night thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. You also need to be ready for this reason. The Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom his master has put in charge of his household, to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master finds doing this when he returns. Amen. I tell you, he will put him in charge of all that he has. But if that servant is wicked and says in his heart, My master is staying away a long time, and he begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will return on a day when he does not expect it and at an hour he does not know. The master will cut him in two and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Psalm 30 You brought me up from the grave. A psalm. A song for the dedication of the temple. By David. Praise for answered prayer. I will exalt you, O Lord, because you lifted me up. You did not let my enemies rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. Lord, you snatched my life from the grave. You kept me alive so I did not go down into the pit. Make music to the Lord, you, his favored ones, and give thanks when you remember his holiness. For we spend a moment under his anger, but we enjoy a lifetime in his favor. In the evening, weeping comes to stay through the night, but in the morning there is rejoicing. But I... I said in my security, I will never be knocked down. Lord, in your favor you made strength stand like a mountain for me. Then you hid your face. I was terrified. To you, O Lord, I call. To the Lord I cry for mercy. What gain is there in shedding my blood? in sending me down to destruction. Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your truth? Lord, hear and be merciful to me. Lord, be a helper for me. You turned my mourning into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy so that my whole being may make music to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I thank you forever. Proverbs 7, 24-27 
Now, you sons, listen to me. Pay attention to the words from my mouth. Do not let your heart turn in her direction. Do not wander on her pathways because she has brought down many victims. Those she has killed are countless. Her house is on the road to the grave. It goes down to the chambers of death. All right, so in the book of Matthew today, we're sort of at the back end of a little discourse that Jesus began in our reading yesterday. And it came about because his disciples, they were leaving Jerusalem and just kind of marveling at the construction in Jerusalem at the temple and just all of the magnificence of it all. And Jesus tells them it's all coming down. It's all going to be thrown down to the ground. That prophetic word did actually happen. And not too long later, in 70 AD, the Romans had had enough and they did completely destroy Jerusalem. But that's what started this discourse. The disciples come to Jesus later when they're on the Mount of Olives and, and they want to know when. When is this all going down? What will be the sign? Like, what will be the sign? This is the end of the world. If this is all going down, how will we know? And that's when Jesus begins to talk about the times of the end. And ironically, the way that he talks about the time of the end is not to answer their question and tell them the day that this is all going to go down. He tells them how they can interpret what's going on around them. And it's not just how they can interpret what's going around them so that they can discern what the sign of the times is. It's because they have a role to play in it. There's a posture or a way to be in it. So Jesus is giving them warnings like, don't be deceived. There's lots of people that are going to come and claim to be something or claim to be me. And if somebody tells you, go over there, he's there, or come over here, it's here, don't believe it. Many false prophets will appear. Many people will be deceived. But, and I quote Jesus here, but whoever endures to the end will be saved. And that's kind of where we were yesterday. Today, he, he speaks of the sun being darkened. The moon doesn't give its light. The stars fall from the sky. The powers of the heavens are shaken. And he's saying, these are the kinds of things you watch for. This is kind of how you know the climate of things. And he gives a practical example. When a fig tree has a branch that becomes tender and produces leaves, you know when that happens that summer is near. And then he says, in the same way, when you see all these things, you know that he is near. And then he says something that we should really hold on to because we have a tendency and have had a tendency for the last couple thousand years trying to date this, trying to figure this all out, trying to assume for sure that whatever's going on in our time is the worst it's ever been. And so this must be the signs of the time. Jesus says, no one, I'm quoting, no one knows when that day and hour will be. 
not the angels of heaven, not even the Son, but only the Father. So what is Jesus telling us here? That we can see this coming in the same way that we can see summer coming, but we can't know precisely when because that's not the point. The point is that we live our lives ready, that we live our lives that it could happen at any time, that we live our lives that it could happen at any time and we would be ready, which leads us to a little bit of a kind of a common misreading of something that Jesus says. Jesus says, at that time, so this is the the times that we're talking about, at that time, two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one will be left. So be alert because you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. So throughout my life, I mean, there are songs about this. And throughout my life, I've read this and thought, you don't want to be the one left behind. Actually, though, with a careful reading, maybe you do. And that doesn't really have to change this ongoing meaning that there is a rescue coming. It's just that the assumption that the one that gets taken in this little parable is what you want to be. When maybe what Jesus is saying is you want to be left. So let's look at this. I'm quoting, I'm just reading from the Gospel of Matthew. No one knows when that day and hour will be, not the angels of heaven, not even the Son, but only the Father. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man returns. In fact, in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the very day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not realize what was coming until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be when the Son of Man returns. So if that's the backdrop to the story that Jesus is telling, then they did not realize what was coming until the flood came and took them all away. That's how it will be when the Son of Man returns. And then Jesus says, At that time, two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, and one will be left. So, I mean, that's like one sentence removed from Jesus saying, They did not realize what was coming until the flood came and took them all away. So like I said, the meaning is not being changed here. It's just, it seems like what Jesus is saying is you want to be rooted. You don't want to be swept away. You don't want to be taken. You want to be left. And believe me, I know this tweaks with so much of our modern interpretation and our well-formed understanding of the times of the end. But the point in bringing this out is the point of what Jesus is making. 
nobody knows, not even the Son, but only the Father, which is quoted out of the Bible. The point Jesus is making is how we live while we're waiting. And I quote again from Matthew, At that time two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, and one will be left. So be alert, because you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Understand this. If the master of the house had known what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into, right? He would have been ready. You also need to be ready for this reason. The Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. That is the point of what Jesus is saying. And then he goes on. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time? Who did the master put in charge to take care of each other, to take care of the people? Blessed is that servant whom his master finds doing this when he returns. Taking care of people. Oh man, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all that he has, right? The person that is ready, the person that is taking care of people, the person that is trustworthy, alert, and aware. But, Jesus says, if that servant is wicked and says in his heart, my master is staying away a long time, like, is he coming back? He hasn't come back for 2,000 years. Is he really coming back? And he begins to not take care of others. He begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards. The master of that servant will return on a day when he does not expect it and at an hour he does not know. The master will cut him in two and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is about being ready and part of being ready is how we take care of each other. And if taking care of each other isn't even a category on our radar, then we're not ready. And so let's give it some thought today. Maybe even crack open the Bible and go back and ponder the 24th chapter of Matthew for ourselves and wrestle with it for ourselves and allow the Bible to do what the scriptures do challenge us, reprioritize, change things around, set us on a path that leads to wisdom, and lead us on the pathways of truth. And so, Father, that is what we are asking for. That is what we continually ask for, that your Holy Spirit would come and lead us into all truth and plant in us what needs to grow and take from us what needs to not be there. Show us and lead us into what it looks like for us to be aware and awake and alert and ready. In the name of Jesus we ask. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is a home base that is where you can find out what's going on around here. You can also use the Daily Audio Bible app 
which you can download free from whatever app store works with your device. And so check that out. Obviously, what is going on around here is that we are preparing to go on pilgrimage in the land of the Bible. And so obviously, we'll be talking about that as we go through the process. We'll be talking about that each day, what we're kind of doing and what we're going to do, what we're seeing, what we're experiencing. We'll also be posting photographs, maybe videos of some of the different goings on as we do the journey together. And we'll be posting those on the Daily Audio Bible Facebook page. And so, uh, yeah, knowing about the community section in the website or on the app, that's where to find those links to things like Facebook and Instagram, etc., etc. And so we'll be we'll be posting to these places as things happen and you can kind of just follow along and interact with each other there and then we'll talk about it each day and then on saturday when we uh, get ourselves arrived well in the galilee area that evening we'll do a uh, facebook live from the land of the bible and uh, so watch for that I think that's planned for 7.30 p.m. local time. And since we're all over the world, that's like all different times all over the place. But you, you could easily Google like the difference between Tel Aviv and your location and find the difference. And then you can join with us and we'll look forward to that. So just asking for your prayers. We are arriving. There is a wall of jet lag that has to be overcome by everybody when you move uh, so many hours different than what your body clock is used to. And then there's a lot of logistics, a lot of technology, a lot that um, that we're ready for and just asking God's blessing over, but definitely asking for the community to cover us all in prayer as we move through the land of the Bible together. And thank you deeply for your prayers. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, if if what we do as we gather each day and take a step forward in the scriptures and process it together and, and consider it together, if that is life-giving to you, then thank you for your partnership. We wouldn't be here if, if we weren't if we weren't taking the journey together. And so thank you profoundly and with all humility. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. This is Glenn from Orlando. I can't tell you the number of times I've listened to prayers from Sparky and been richly blessed. So, Father God, 
My brother is reaching out to you, and I pray that whatever his needs are, that you exceed those needs. I pray that he prays like it's already been done, whatever it is he's asking for. I love you, brother, and I always appreciate your prayers. Bye. Good morning, this is Early Riser. On my way to work. This is a prayer for Jonathan in Denver, the music education student. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jonathan. I thank you that he finds himself in a long, long, long history of guides in music and guides in worship and guides to community songs. And as he works with his high school students, they, they find those harmonies and collective singing, a reflection of the kingdom of God that we see in the Revelation, a great choir in heaven. As he needs focus and energy and prioritization, we know that you are with him. We know that you have equipped him and gifted him and trust that you will give him what he needs when he needs it. We ask that he may have discernment to know when to rest and to press. We ask all this in your name. Amen. This is Living by Grace, and I just heard Emily's prayer request from the January 27th uh, podcast, and she was asking for prayer because she's battling with um, an angry spirit and um, taking that out on her kids. And Emily, I just relate to you in so many ways. Um, I have battled that myself for all of my life, having times where I just get so angry and want to lash out at people. Um, and I had a period of time where I really felt like that had been conquered in my life, but I realized in that period of time, um, I was newly married and I wasn't working. I was able to be just home, being a wife and a housekeeper. And I realized that the only reason I really wasn't getting angry is that nobody was provoking me to anger in that season of my life. I was able to really just control my day to day. And that was the reason that I felt like I had conquered that. But then I had children and I've now been a mom for a decade and have four kids now. And it has been a battle in my life. Um, so often that I just lose it and lash out at them. And I've had those times where, just like you were saying, we all end up crying and I feel horrible. And it's something that I'm just having to surrender all the time to the Lord. And I wish I had a great answer for you on how to be healed of that, but I'm still on the journey myself. But the biggest thing I've found is to surrender to the Lord and to realize I often get angry when I feel out of control. Um, or I feel fearful of something. And so maybe just tapping into when you get angry, do you feel like the situation is out of control or you have a fear and then applying scripture to that situation and praying in the spirit. So I will be praying for you. Um, I added you to my prayer list and I will be praying daily for you, Emily. Hi, it's Radiant Rachel. I'd just like to lift up Sarah and Olivia's dad today. Lord, we lift up Sarah to you and we... Thank you for Sarah. Thank you for who she is and what you put in her, Lord. And we just thank you that you are chasing her down and that you won't give up on her 
And we just um, bless Sarah and um, and we just ask that um, her heart be softened and that the veils be removed from her uh, eyes and ears. We rebuke the deaf and dumb spirit. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke the spirit of lies. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke the spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, and we repent for our sins, transgressions, and iniquities. We repent on her behalf and forgive and bless and release all of those involved. And we just thank you, Lord, that that that, that needs to leave and that Sarah is um, just starting on a new journey. We thank you for that. And we lift up Olivia's dad, Lord. He's in pain. And we just thank you that you are um, you are stronger than anything else out there that is coming after him. And so we just thank you, Lord. We praise you. We speak to that sickness and we say, go in the name of Jesus. And um, we say, you are healed, pain leave. And we just thank you, Lord. We praise you for who you are. We praise you for um, being there for us, for finding a way. for sending your son so that all of our sins and debts are paid. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hello, my name is Mandy. I am from Tennessee. This is my second year listening, um, my first time calling in. I discovered the DAB last March, and I kind of binge listened. Um, I am a home hospice nurse, so I'm on the road all day. So I would listen to Brian um six or seven days at a time every day and was able to get caught up and finish the year by the 31st. Um, so it was super crazy couple months and I just, I just learned so much and I grow so much closer to God. And I'm so excited this year to just go day by day. Um, and I also have started listening to the DABC. Uh, so it's great to just hear God's word and have y'all explain it to me. It's just great. And then I love this community, um, everyone coming together. And I'm so thankful for you guys. Um, I am a, a mama of six and me and my husband have only been married three years. Um, he's kind of a new Christian and we are learning how to blend our family and trying to bring God into the home and to build that foundation. So our church recently did a 21 day prayer and fast and we started reading the bible with our kids at dinner time and then taking turns doing prayer um, i have requested prayer for me and my husband to continue this with our children uh, for my husband to have the courage to pray for us he's very nervous he's never had that godly figure in his life um, like his father wasn't that for him so he wants to he's just not been able to yet so i just pray for that to be put on his heart Um, and just continue to pray for our family as we struggle financially right now. Um, Thank you guys so much.